Are you ready? Because it's time to go lead everything. What is going on, everybody? Welcome to the Go Lead Everything podcast. Awesome guest today. Thrilled to have a fitness coach, mindset coach, podcaster, and host of the Healthy Living Sessions podcast. He's a speaker. He's a health and fitness fanatic. This guy has one of the best first names in the history of time and definitely has some awesome initials. I love his initials, but he's big. He's buff. He's packed with energy and value. He's an avid learner, a man of strong faith, which we definitely have in common, and I am absolutely thrilled to have him on the show today. Philip Sessions, welcome to the show, my friend. Oh, thanks, Philip. I appreciate you having me on. Now, this is weird saying Philip for each one of us. <laughs> but <laughs> No one's going to know, know who's a, talking. Having this, the one L in our name, you know, just like the Bible, right? Definitely, man. Philip with one L like the Bible. We, I think that's why we originally hit it off. I'm like, man, there's another Phil with one L in this group, you know, we, we joined this, uh, 365 driven society and, and just kind of like connected with the, uh, the Philip name, but I've been following you, watching your stuff, got great energy. You're doing some pretty cool things. Pla- uh, really glad to have you on the show. Tell us a little bit about your fitness story. I mean, obviously you're a fitness coach. You're pretty passionate about health and fitness. When did that start for you? And, and what's been your fitness journey, my man? Yeah, well, Philip, first of all, thank you so much for having me on the podcast. But how did I start this fitness journey? I think like most guys, it kind of started with wanting to be more attractive to a girl. But I'll take it back just real quick. Growing up, I was always into sports and everything. Tried to do horseback riding when I was really young. But as soon as I could get into sports, my, my parents let me, I got into sports. Now, I was not very good on a team because I was always so driven. I always wanted to be the best and always work super hard. And a lot of times, especially, you know, little league and stuff like that, the the people aren't there. They're just there just to be there. They're not as interested in it. And so I really excelled in track and cross country for myself. Now I wasn't super fast by any means, but I was faster than the average person, (laughs) but I did long distance. And then, Transitioning into college, I said, you know, I really want to get into weightlifting because I want to be more attractive to women, have the bigger muscles, you know, look better for myself, be more confident. And that kind of changed after a while because, well, first of all, I wasn't getting the attention from the women. It was more <laughs> guys, both uh, straight and, and gay. And, and so it was just interesting how that the paradigm shift there where I thought I would get more attention from women and I got less attention, it seemed like. But after that, I found out that it was really longevity that I was looking for in really building myself up. So I kind of turned into a bodybuilder from then. It was about getting bigger, getting stronger. And yeah, still getting bigger is the goal, but it's about being more defined, about figuring out how to fit this into a lifestyle and now teaching people about it. So it's kind of came full circle from being inward to now external, you know, now I want to help other people with their health and fitness because I've been on this journey for about 11 years now oh, wow. and it's, uh, it's been a lot of fun and I've learned a lot of things and I want to be able to give back to people that feel like they can't do it themselves because a lot of people feel like they can't get a lifestyle out of it. You know, you've got to just eat chicken or rice every day and that's not the case. Yeah, man. I, I think that's super cool. Have you done bodybuilding shows or any, any like real competition related to fitness yeah so i did two bodybuilding shows or one bodybuilding show i apologize one bodybuilding show two years ago get my numbers backwards there and then i'm getting ready to do two more this year so it'll be september and october of 2020 and that that was another pivotal change for me because i actually had a coach for that and i'm really thankful for that coach he helped me learn a lot but i also felt like because of things that he didn't teach me and the ways he went about things that I didn't necessarily like, I wanted to make a change on that too, because he was the whole chicken and rice kind of thing or almost no rice, especially by the end I was down like super low carbs and fats and really high on the proteins. And it was miserable, man. I mean, seven days a week lifting uh, or cardio seven days a week, lifting six days a week, you know, an hour of each. 
And so it was just a bunch. And then working on top of that 10, 12 hour days, it, yeah, it was just, it it was a lot. And, and there's a better way to do it. There's just a better way to do it. And that's what I try and teach now. And not so much on the bodybuilding, get you on a show, you Mm -hmm. on stage or anything like that, but just teaching that lifestyle. It's a lot of people just, you know, they just think that they, if they get on a diet, they can't eat with their family. And that's totally, totally wrong. Yeah, for sure. My, my older brother did it. Bodybuilding shows. So I did a bodybuilding diet with my brother years, years ago when I was at university and, uh, it was just a fun challenge for me. He was actually doing a show. He had a fitness trainer and my, my older brother, he's, uh, he's always kind of had a very muscular sort of build and, Mm. um, you know, real good, real good body for it. And he had a guy that at the gym where he was working out say, Hey man, I'll train you for free. If you let me coach you, and uh, you do the show and it'll help me get my name out as a trainer. So, you know, he did that and I did the diet with him, just kind of moral support or whatever. But man, those last, that last couple of weeks where you, like you were, I mean, it was the same sort of thing. It's like you know, cans of tuna and broccoli or chicken and broccoli. And then like the last couple of days, we actually did the whole dehydrate thing. And mm-hmm. you know, you're, you're chugging water, chugging water, three gallons, four gallons, five gallons. And you stop for like two or three days or whatever. Yeah. And you're just dying like it's just miserable it can't be good for you you know yeah it just can't oh man it, yeah it was bad especially when i got close to that show no. i mean working all those hours i'd be sitting there like on the line you know trying to program control systems and these guys my coworkers, be trying to talk to me and i just sit there like uh, like just zoned off and they're like dude uh, um what'd you say like totally looking at them dead in the eye or maybe even closing my eyes and like didn't even register that they were talking to me. Mm-hmm. Even if we were just talking, I said something back, <laughs> I just zone out and it was, it was bad. Energy was beyond low. Crazy. <laughs> so I know you're just getting done or, or maybe you're already done with that 75 hard. And I'm pretty sure you've done that a couple times. That's something yeah. that I think is pretty cool. And talk a little bit about that challenge and what, what that's done for you mentally. So 75 hard that that is my second time to complete it. I just finished it on Sunday. Sunday was my last day. And so as a recording of the podcast is, you know, two days ago and, you know, the second time and it, it was, I don't know, easier, but harder at the same time than, than the last time. But essentially for those of you that don't know what 75 hard is, basically it's two workouts. One has to be outdoor essentially to be able to, get used to, you know, things are going to come up in life and you, you have to weather the storm literally sometimes. And so that's why one of them are outdoors. And so it's two 45 minute workouts. Then you have to drink one gallon of water a day, 10 pages a day, stick to a diet, which for a lot of people is hard and then take a progress picture, which surprisingly, which is the easiest thing. You literally take a picture of yourself. A lot of people usually take it shirtless. I mean, there's no requirement on that. But that's the one thing that people tend to fail on, that one small thing that you need to do for the day. And so it's five things that you need to do. Andy Frazella talks about the power list. And that's why it's five things to do each day. Obviously, it's two workouts, so you could kind of say six. Oh, and no alcohol, but that's, you know, just you, you put it out of the diet or whatever. But it's those five things. You have to do that for 75 days. And if you fail at day 74 or even on day 75, you have to start back over at day one and so that's what i finished twice now and there's three phases i only started on phase one last year and i failed that three times and then never picked it back up but i plan on doing the whole program this year and so each phase kind of adds different things to it like a cold shower on phase one and three so you have to be in the cold shower for five minutes and still the 10 pages of reading and the you know the original five things are all there but you know it varies on each activity or each phase, what activities you have to do for the day. So it can be a lot, but it's, it's more than a physical transformation. It's, it's more mental than anything. Obviously the physical comes with keeping your diet on point, but the mental transformation is a big thing because you get used to weathering through that storm. You get used to doing five things every day that you have to keep doing. And if you really are on top of things, you really should be doing your power list as well, whether it's one, two or, or five things you should be doing that on top of this program and it's going to help you realize that you do have the discipline and the the fortitude to keep going 
even when you don't want to, because it's on your list to do today. You've got to get it done. No matter if it's two in the morning, you hadn't gone to bed yet. You know, you've got to get it done before you go to bed. Man, it's such a cool challenge. I, it's amazing how it took me too long to realize the power of building those daily habits. And I think back to my time at university when I played sports, you know, we had our morning lifts, we had our daily practices, you know, we, we had these things we had to do and I took it for granted. And then when I got out of school, I just like took two years off of like all physical activity. And that was like the dumbest thing I could have possibly done because you have those good habits built. Right. And Mm -hmm. you know, I think this challenge is super cool. Have you done cold showers before? Like, is that, have you researched that? There's a lot of mixed opinions on how effective those are. At least I've heard some. I haven't done the research behind it per se, but to me, it, I mean, it really wakes you up. I think it's the biggest thing is it just, I mean, it wakes you up. You're, you're not going to go back to sleep or anything, you know, a uh, hot shower will make you feel good. You're kind of ready to go to bed, stuff like that. Cold shower is just going to wake you up, but everybody talks about other benefits. And I'd say one other benefit is that nobody wants to get in a cold shower. So if you're forcing yourself to do something you don't want to do, mm-hmm. you're kind of training your brain to keep doing things that you don't necessarily want to do because anything in life, if it's something you don't want to do is something that's not easy is usually going to benefit you more. Not always, but usually it will benefit you more just like a diet, right? You know, you don't want to eat the, the salad. You'd rather go eat some chocolate cake or something. And the chocolate cake's easier to eat because more pleasurable than the salad, but the salad's going to help you in the long run. Same with going to the gym. (laughs) For sure, man. So, I'm one that tries these things by experience and I've tried the bodybuilding thing. I've tried vegan for two years. You know, I've experimented with all sorts of diets, you know, keto, you know, there's paleo out there. What's your take on dieting? You know, is it counting macros? Is it, you know, calorie counting? What, what's your approach to the proper diet? Yeah. So the proper diet really, it's going to be whatever you can stick to. I mean, I know it's kind of a, a a very vague answer, something that's kind of PR, if you want to say, you know, like something that just kind of blanket statement there for you. But really, whatever you can stick to is going to be the best thing. Now, my approach, what I like to do is do a, what's called if it fits your macros, I-I-Y-F-M, or, you know, macro-based, where you count your calories. And then within those calories, you have protein, carbs, and fats. And so you're having to you track all that, but then that allows some flexibility in there. Obviously, you could put some ice cream into your diet, but then you've just put a lot of fats and carbs in your meal for the day, a lot of calories. So now you've got to try and make it up with other things throughout the day. Obviously, a lot more protein, and you might even end up getting to meals where you're only eating chicken, literally chicken. And I've done that before, you know, chicken or egg white, stuff like that, as long as straight protein or, you know, me and I've had some friends that you do like four scoops of protein for the day just to get your protein count in to hit your macros. But at the end of the day, any diet comes down to being a caloric deficit if you're going to, well, if you're going for losing weight. You know, if you're going for gaining weight, then you need to be in a caloric surplus. So have your maintenance calories and you want to either be below or above those maintenance calories to lose or gain weight. And so that's really the secret behind dieting. It, it has nothing to do with the, the new fad, whether it's keto or carnivore, paleo, you know, if it fits your macros, if it's a low carb, high carb, low fat, high fat diet, whatever. They only work when you're in a caloric deficit or caloric surplus. And most people would be a caloric deficit. Most people want to lose weight. And so there's nothing special about a diet. Sure. What's your take on intermittent fasting or, or even extended fasting? Yeah, I've done intermittent fasting before. It's to me, it allows you to be a little bit more flexible. When I did it, I also just did kind of a calorie based. I didn't, I didn't really watch my, my protein as much. I didn't, I didn't get everything in there cause I was actually traveling at the time. So it was just a little bit easier to go based on calories, which worked out. It wasn't the optimal thing. But worst case to me, focus on hitting calories for the day. If you know you're out of town, you just really can't get the protein in, whatever, focus on hitting those calories. But, but I did like it. It was nice, you know, especially when I was just going for the calories. I had like two meals roughly because I did a, a, uh, 
a 16 hour fast and then an eight hour, you know, window of eating. And so I'd eat like at lunch and, and supper and maybe some meal between that. And it was nice because I could go get two like decent sized meals at a restaurant. Cause again, I was traveling and not have to eat just these little tiny meals. So it was nice for that. I, I did feel like I was a little bit more focused throughout the day. Cause I wasn't having to try and go grab something else to eat because I mean, I eat like every three hours. And so that's, you know, two, almost three times sometimes at work. And so that takes away from, from work for sure. Mm-hmm. And so it was nice cause I could stay focused with that intermittent fasting. How do you, how do you feel about it? I've actually, I, I like your perspective on it. I've, I've experimented with it a little bit. I've done sort of mm-hmm. just like a two meal a day. I've done some pretty extended periods of one meal a day. Um, and I've even done some, um, I think five days was the longest I went, uh, just on like a water fast mm-hmm. and, uh, five days on a water fast is hard. And, uh, yeah. I know some folks that have done, you know, the seven days, two weeks, stuff like that. And it's pretty intense, but you know, I'm a, I'm a big advocate for fasting for, um, healing mm-hmm. purposes. I, th- I really think it, it's a great way to allow your body to take a break and heal. Um, you know, it's definitely, you're definitely going to lose weight doing it. Uh, cause you're basically in keto it's basically like the fastest way to get into keto. So, yeah. um, you know, I'm a fan of it. And I think, uh, from an intermittent fasting perspective, I think it's a really good approach. It, it fits my lifestyle pretty well, actually. Um, cause I'm not a breakfast guy. I'm, I'm a coffee mm-hmm. in the morning sort of guy. Yeah. And, that, and that's another good point. If you're not really a, a breakfast person, it's perfect, you know, for you again, mm-hmm. depends on what you can really do. You know, for, for me, I like breakfast and stuff. So it, it's hard. And, and after a while I, I struggled to make it to lunch. Like I started getting lightheaded and stuff because you know, my blood sugar would drop and everything. And so it just didn't work out for me quite as well. But if, yeah, if you're not a breakfast eater, it's, perfect way to do it. And you don't have to go a full 16 hours. But again, that diet works more because you're in a caloric deficit. Right. Now I will say there are benefits that your body's not always trying to metabolize food. So you're giving your internal systems a rest, you know, your digestive systems a rest so they can kind of reset and everything. Mm-hmm. So there is that benefit there, obviously with actual fasting, not intermittent fasting, same thing, you know, your digestive system gets that rest, gets to clean everything everything out. So fasting is, is great. You know, it's great as a tool, not a long-term thing for sure, mm-hmm. but you know, something great to use. So anybody that's spent their life around the gym and around fitness has heard all sorts of different advice from everybody. You know, everybody's got their opinion. Is there any piece of advice or like if you're in the gym and you hear somebody like some coach, like coaching some dude at the gym, is there any advice you hear that just makes you cringe? from some experience you've had where, where their advice has proved to be no good. The most cringing thing I see with advice at the gym is more when people try and load up more weight. And I guess it's not really advice. Just something I, I see is when people load up, especially on squats. I think this is the, the worst one, but you can see it even on like bench and stuff like that. People will overload the weight on the bar and then they'll do like a quarter rep. And you're like, why don't you drop it down on half and actually get close to 90? I understand I get all the way down to 90. There's days I don't want to. Some days it just doesn't feel good on the knees. It doesn't feel good on the back to go all the way down like that. And, and, and so I would say drop the ego, you know, but, and I know it's not really answering the question so much, but drop the ego <laughs> when it comes oh, to think- the weights. But that's, that's the thing that I, I just kills me the most when you see coaches telling them stuff like that. But I see, you know, people online where they, they try and instruct you on something and it makes no sense. Like, or it's just, they're talk they're telling you the wrong thing. And the people just see that this person is in great shape and they think that they know what they're doing. Mm-hmm. And that, that, that is a big problem. There's coaches that aren't in the gym or even are in the gym, but on Instagram and everything, you get these people that, have a six pack and now all of a sudden they're a coach, you know, right. cause they slide it on their Instagram and, and that's frustrating. But then you got the other, the opposite end where you got, and this is more in the box gyms where you'll have this bigger trainer who's not in shape, who's eating McDonald's and yet tells you, you need to eat right and telling you what to eat yet. They're not doing it. Right. You kind of, kind of got to lead by example, especially in the fitness space. Yeah. That's why I'm having you on here, Philip, to tell everybody what to eat. Cause I can't, I can't tell them. <laughs> 
<laughs> hey man, you know some things. I mean, we we all at the end of the day, we know we know what we need to do and don't do. We might oh, not know sure. every little nuance, but we I mean, we can know what's good, what's bad as far as food. Well, this is uh this is something that I know you've talked about in your podcast and and uh you talk about commitment as being the number one rule to dieting and you know, speaking to that, what, what's your perspective on commitment and how important it is to really be committed to a diet or a plan? Yeah. Commitment is, is definitely up there. I would say consistency, which probably goes with commitment, but consistency is going to be the, the number one thing really when it comes to your diet. But I mean, consistency, committing to it, you know, really go hand in hand because obviously if you're not being consistent, you're not committed to it as well. But yeah, committing to that diet says you're going to do it. You're, it doesn't matter what's going on. You're going you're gonna to do it no matter what. And, and, and so I always kind of fall back more towards that consistency side. But if you're not consistent with the diet, how do you know what's going right, what's going wrong? If one day you're eating cheeseburgers, the next day you're eating salads, and yet your weight goes up and down, I mean, there you can kind of tell, okay, it's because of, probably because of the cheeseburgers I'm eating. But if you're not being consistent in constantly eating those salads or eating the same thing, whether you're at 4,000 calories or 1,000 calories, you're not going to know the difference. Or you're not going to know what you need to change next if you're not continually doing the same thing day in and day out. Because that's the thing. We don't want to, you know, if you're eating 4,000 calories right now, you want to go on a diet. You don't want to cut down to 1,000 calories. You know, let's cut down just a little bit. See how that's working. If you're not losing weight, okay, maybe we cut a little bit more. It just depends on where your calories are at. But you have to start being consistent at something for you to actually know what to change next. And only change one thing on top of that. Don't, don't change 20 things. That's a big problem that people do as well is they just sure. they, they try and change 20 things at once. Like, you know, I haven't – I'm on the couch eating potato chips. Now I'm going to go to the gym seven days a week, working out for two hours a day. I'm going to eat a thousand a day, just chicken and rice, and I'm going to get in super good shape. And then probably even just only drinking water. You get rid of sodas, beer, everything. And it's like, how long are you going to keep that up? Yeah. <laughs> so right. if it's, you know, change one thing and be consistent with that and then change another. That's what, what I would say. I think that's great advice that that consistency piece is so key. And I, I think sometimes we can get frustrated like, Oh, you know, we, we want to be in this role or we want to be leading this company or we want to be this bodybuilder person. But if you're not doing those daily things that people that have achieved those things do, then, then you're probably not going to get the results that they're going to get. And so it's, it's all those days and hours. And, you know, people talk about some of these big bodybuilders taking steroids and things being like cheaters and, and whatnot. But, man, they're still in the gym putting in that, that time and all that work. Right. Like that, uh, mm -hmm. it, uh, it's definitely pretty impressive whenever you see someone that's achieved that level of success and whatever they're doing, you know, bodybuilding business, whatever. Yeah. How do you just curious, how do you feel about all the you know steroids and stuff? I know, I know there's probably some of that in your baseball career. You oh, probably yeah. saw some of that. Yeah. Yeah. I, uh, so I grew up, in the Barry Bonds, Sammy Sosa sort of era, right? Mm -hmm. We, we both did, I guess. And, mm -hmm. uh, you know, there's, there's also obviously a lot of, you know, negative connotations with regards to breaking rules and in, in sports, some recent documentaries have come out, you know, about the, uh, I think Icarus is what it's called. It was about like blood doping in the Olympics, mm -hmm. all these, uh, Olympic athletes. So I think anybody that's playing at a high level in sports, business, anything is pushing the limit and playing with those lines. I personally think that steroids are kind of a super drug. And, mm -hmm. uh, for example, like in baseball, you can be as strong as you want, but if you can't hit a baseball, you know, it's not going to do any good. So steroids are more a tool to allow your body to heal more quickly and allow you to put yourself in a position to be successful more often because you can heal more quickly because you don't have those aches and pains that some of these other guys might be dealing with. Cause you have, you know, sort of that unfair advantage of, of whatever you're doing. So I, I mean, I'm not an advocate for them by any means. I think you can take them probably safely if you mm -hmm. do it the right way and they have great health benefits in some instances. 
but uh, you know, lots of people just abuse them, I think. And uh, so that would be my, I guess my two cents on it. Yeah. And then, you know, that's, that's totally true. I, I agree with you on that. And from a bodybuilding standpoint, if, if you see these guys that are the, the big bodybuilders, you know, like the Kai greens and stuff, they're not like natural. That. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. They're totally natural, man. But, uh, you know, even with steroids, they still had to put in so much work just by you injecting steroids. Like you said, it's not going to make you hit a baseball any better. It's not going to make you have bigger muscles. The only reason why they have bigger muscles is because they do all the work mm -hmm. and steroids actually just helps your muscles recover quicker. So you can go hit another hard workout. You know, mm -hmm. it's really the testosterone that they're also injecting that right. helps them get bigger. Sure. And, and so the, if these guys do it, you know, I, I have nothing against people that do it. You know, it's, it's, it's their body. It's their choice. You know, I'm not going to do it. I wouldn't advise anybody to do it. I'm not going to coach anybody that mm -hmm. does it, you know, but it's to each their own. But sure. these guys don't get where they're at because they're taking steroids. Yes, of course, the steroids help them, but they had the discipline already. They had the consistency already. It's just that next step. I mean, you think about it, we're all, if we're into fitness and we take supplements, you know, protein, pre-workout, stuff like that, we're not natural. We're not taking natural things. Those are right. unnatural things that allow us to hit the macros in our diet, to get that energy that we need to go get a workout, to sustain a longer workout, you know, based on the mixtures in the, like the pre-workouts and stuff like that. Sure. Those are not natural things. They're not, they don't come from God. They don't come from the earth. Yeah. You know, so if you want to, you know, hate on people taking steroids, then you need to stop taking any kind of supplement. <laughs> Dude, I had a, a roommate in college. He used to give me crap for cheating at baseball because I wore contacts. Oh, my and, gosh. Uh, <laughs> he was like, you're artificially enhanced. I'm like, what? That's some crap. But I thought that's it was a good funny. argument. I mean, you know, I'm not true. natural. It's true. Yeah. yeah. I'm not. You know, but that's funny. Yeah, that, I mean, I, that's a, a little ridiculous. Oh, yeah, know. he was just playing. Serious. Think, but. <laughs> yeah, man. So with regard to fitness, mm -hmm. if you had the opportunity to share one fitness thing with the world and they would all learn it and be like, yep, Philip's right. He changed my life. He gave me that one piece of fitness advice. What's the most important fitness advice you would give? Man, there's so many things you can cover with pieces of fitness advice. If I, something that would really change the world, I, I, I really got to narrow it down to two things. One is very, it's more generic, is just just get started. You know, I know that's, that's, that's a tough pill to swallow. It's, you know, again, very generic, but just get started. Nobody regrets having gone to the gym and actually got a workout in. Everybody regrets not going to the gym year after year. But if you just start, it's going to be a lot better for you. And the second thing, and this is more specific, is, is learning what macros are and how to measure your food. You know, and there's different ways to measure. You can do it with eyesight. You can do it by using measuring cups. And then you can actually weigh your food, which is going to be the most accurate. And obviously, eyesight mm -hmm. is going to be the least accurate. But you know, just start watching what you're eating and monitoring what you're eating. And just that alone, you're, you'll start losing weight without even actually tracking, okay, I've had this much protein today and, right. and this many calories. Like you're going to start losing weight because you're going to realize, you know, like I give an example here. There's a lady from church, sweet lady. And it was so funny. And it's funny, but sad because she's like, I hate when restaurants put how many calories is uh, each meal has because then I realize how bad the meal is for me. And she, you know, she does nothing with fitness. And so like it made her feel bad. Oh, but man. when you start just, if just starting with calories, figure out, you know, okay, I'm going to eat this much every day, whatever, mm -hmm. just start with something. And you know, we, if you want to ask me questions about that, I'm glad to answer those for you. But you know, just starting with calories and watching that you're going to see changes in your body. Sure. And you're going to know what to do next. Obviously, you're gaining weight. You might want to cut the calories back a little bit. But yeah. start somewhere. <laughs> yeah, I think that's great. And, and you know, start somewhere. Be consistent. And I love, like, the 75 hard concept. Like, I, I don't know if you use a scale. But I've found it's, you know, it's one data point, right? And, you know, it, weight's not everything. It depends on what your goals are. But 
Um, just that consistent, like, Hey, here's my picture in the mirror every day, or, Hey, here's my weight every day. And you can at least have that data point to see, okay, I ate this. Here's what I weighed. You know, you can see that result. You can trend where you're going. You can see what affects you and how, and, uh, I think that's great advice. Just paying attention to how your body reacts to things. Yeah. Yeah. And you know, the scale, like you said, it's just one data point. I mean, it can, it literally will go up during the day, you know? So if you're going to do it, do it at the same time, you know, whether it's the morning or the evening, Mm -hmm. don't sit there and do it morning one time and evening another time. Because I mean, even for me, I I watch my diet and I can gain five pounds in a day. Oh yeah. So how much you've got to watch, (laughs) you know, do it at one time. And then, and I would say stick to maybe once a week. Don't, don't do it every day. It becomes very obsessive, you know, Oh, and, and you're going to be upset and discouraged if your weight's constantly fluctuating. Yeah, so, for sure. Yeah, big, big guys like us, our weight can fluctuate real easy. Yeah. Like, yeah. I, can lose, I can lose 10 pounds in a couple of days, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you're a man of faith. Talk about your faith background, how that's affected your life, your personal journey. You've, you've been married now for seven months, you know, found a great girl. That was something you wanted. You called your shot there, right? Yeah, yeah. I want to talk was, about that too. So before we get to faith, let's talk about calling your shots because I've heard you talk about that a lot. And I thought that was a really cool concept to think about. Yeah, so I'll, uh, I'll do kind of a little, little pitch here for you. One thing I like to do is it's called the VAC. So visualization, action, consistency, VAC. So you first have to visualize what you want. Then you have to take action to get what you want but you have to be consistent. So if we think about this, if we want to lose 20 pounds, okay, we visualized we want to lose 20 pounds. Of course, there's goal setting in here, you know, smart goal setting, specific, measurable, actionable, I forget, you know, whatever, smart goals, look it up. But anyways, you visualize that you're losing 20 pounds. Okay, I want to lose 20 pounds. Then we have to start taking action. What's some action things we can do? Well, I can start going to the gym. I can start lifting weights. I can start doing cardio and I can eat better, all right? But if I only eat better one day a week, if I only work out one day a week, I'm not going to get to that goal. And also, so, so you have to be consistent. Sorry. So you have to be consistent with that. You have to, every day you have to do those things that you've set out to do, and then you'll get to your goal. So going back to the relationship, I called my shot on it. Like you said, I finally sat down. I, you know, for years I have said, you know, I want to get married. You know, I want to find a nice girl. And I'd always find a flaw. I'd always find something, well, I'm not sure. And, and then I'd go back to being single. And sometimes it wasn't me that decided that, you know, sometimes it was the girl. Let's be honest here. But finally, finally, I said, I want a Christian woman. I want a woman that, you know, not going to take care of me like she's my mom, but who will be there to take care of me, who's kind, who's loving, who's affectionate, who I can take care of as well. You know, and I listed out, a few things that were, I have to have this, the Christianity being the biggest one, the number one. And believe it or not, I love fitness. Fitness is my life. That was not on that had to have list. It used to be. Mm-hmm. And that was part of the problem because I focused on that probably more than the Christian side of things because I, you know, I would bring it up, you know, I'm a Christian, I go to church and then maybe we'd make it two or three months into talking or dating and then I'd be like, well, hey, we should go to church. And then it was like, oh, you know, and it wasn't, they were, you know, of faith, but they weren't, to me, faithful in going to church. Right. And so finally, when I decided that, like, that was number one, it was the second girl I dated that I'm now married to. You know, the first one, we just didn't see eye to eye on that. But even with her, like, we almost broke up because, you know, we were about three months in or so. And I was like, you know, hey, this isn't working out. You know, she was on night shift, so it was difficult because she'd have to work every other weekend. And But she would just kind of, oh, I can't go because of this. Oh, I can't go because of that. And finally I said, well, I don't think this is working out because I want somebody who's going to go to church with me all the time. And she's like, what? Like, and then she, she said, you know, like, okay, like, I, I didn't realize it was that serious for you. Yeah. And the thing was, I had told her from the beginning that, you know, this is important to me. This is something serious. This is, you know, will be a deal breaker. Like I even, I actually even told her, like, I will not marry you if 
church is not an important thing for you. Like, Mm -hmm. like that's literally how much I called that shot. And yet, even though I called that shot, when I finally was like, Hey, we're going to break up. Then it dawned on her, like somehow, and, and, and we all do this. I'm not blaming it on her only, but we all do this until somebody really stresses that situation and the importance of it. We won't take it as important as, you know, somebody says, so you have to call your shot and keep calling that shot. Don't just say one time that you want to get in good shape. Start telling people you want to get in good shape. Show people, put it on social media, tell your family. And if you keep doing that, they're going to stop trying to give you cookies. Stop telling you like, hey, let's go out to eat. Peer pressuring you because they're going to realize, no, you know, Philip's serious about this. He really wants that. So, yeah, call that shot and keep calling it because people aren't going to believe it. You know, actions are one thing but people also need to hear it as well. I think so many people, Philip, are scared to put their, their heart out there and, you know, share that piece of themselves. Like, you know, this is what I want. And, um, I, man, I love how you had that conversation with, with your, I think it was your girlfriend at the time or your, yeah. you know, you, and obviously you've had those conversations with your wife. My biggest piece of advice to people who are thinking about getting married is having the talk is what I mm. call it. And there was a, there was a time I did this with my wife. I'm happily married Christian woman. I actually had a similar sort of thing. I had a list and I made it when I was 25. It was my quarter life crisis where I was like, man, I'm getting kind of old. Like, you know, if I write down what I want in a wife, maybe I'll find it. Right. So, you know, I was kind of like the Napoleon Hill thinking grow rich, you know, I was looking into Mm -hmm. sort of positive mental attitude stuff. And so I wrote down this list of all the things I wanted out out of a wife. Right. And, um, again, some were important, some were deal breakers, some weren't. And uh, I ended up finding a great wife, but we sat down and had this talk where literally I just aired out every piece of possible baggage or, or any deal breakers I had. Like, listen, and it was, it was like pretty early after we started dating, but I was mm-hmm. dating to find a wife. I wasn't dating to like go hook up and just have a girlfriend for you exactly. know, a few years. I was dating to find a wife. So we had this talk. It was a hard talk. It's a hard talk to have, you know, yeah. but my wife and my marriage could not be better because we fully trust each other. We know everything about each other. There's no secrets. It's not like there's going to be something that pops up down the road that catches us off guard that we didn't know about. And there's always going to be little things in, in marriage, you know, but, uh, man, whenever people are thinking about that long-term relationship, I always give them that advice. Like you listen, you just need to like air out your baggage. And, and if you can stay together after that, then you can make it through just about anything. Yeah. And pick big, important things. Actually, don't don't pick little things like, you know, for for you guys out there, don't pick based on the outward appearance or they got a big butt or big tits, man. Like, (laughs) dude, it's all about that inner heart, man. That's what's really important. And not not just coming from a Christian guy. Like, seriously, that does not matter at the end of the day, dude. Like, so stop picking these little things or like, oh, she got this pet peeve. Like, you know, yes, I understand we all have pet peeves, but if that's really a deal breaker, then then you're not ready for a marriage. You're not ready for a serious relationship. But going along with that, man, like, you know, you think about it. You know, there's, you know, this is said time and time again. If you just go on a map and say, I want to go here, but you don't put any GPS coordinates or, or like an actual city you're going to, how are you going to get to that city? You know, like the GPS can't tell you where to go. And it's the same thing with our mind, the, the neural networks, right? If we're not writing down and have it written down what exactly we want in, in a wife, in a husband, you know, we're not going to get that. Just the same thing with our goals. If we, you know, again, the, the, the smart, the smart goals, that's why they're specific, not I want to lose weight. Mm-hmm. Okay, well, maybe you lost a pound. Oh, did you hit your goal? Well, no, because you didn't actually set the goal. You weren't specific on it, but you did lose weight. You know, that's what you said. So be very specific on it. And it's funny how God aligns things in your life. You know, some books talk about, they call it the universe. I think it's God. Mm -hmm. You know, God's aligning things in your life. But you have to be specific on that. Just like the GPS. If if you don't put in where you want to go, you're just going to go somewhere. It's huge. I've I've compared it to, uh, you know, kind of the way we learn. You hear a new idea and you compare it to any old ideas you may have heard. Mm. And it's kind of like, hey, I I wrote this down and 
and I know what I want. And now, Oh, Hey, look, it's over there. Like you can actually, once, once you have that clear vision, you can actually see these things coming in your life. And I'm curious, and obviously you're a Christian. Mm-hmm. What's your Christian background? Were you, are you a lifelong Christian? Did you convert at some point? What's your, what's your faith background? Yeah. So I grew up um, in the church of Christ, which that's, I guess, denomination, if you want to call it what sure. we, uh, what we call ourselves. Um, but I grew up in the, the church of Christ, you know, from, from day one, you know, we, we kind of went back and forth with going a lot, not going a lot because we grew up outside of the Houston area and we went, there weren't really any churches that we, or, you know, my parents, I guess, liked. And so we'd go into Houston to go to church and that, that was like an hour drive one way. And my dad would work Sundays sometimes. And so my mom was trying to take us three kids and it got to be difficult. So we wouldn't go all the time. Mm-hmm. So once I finally started driving, it was kind of like, that was a, a milestone for me. It got more serious. And then I went to college, got more serious. And then I got out of college and got more serious and I'm just continually trying to grow. So, but yeah, I just lifelong Christian grew up in church and everything. That's awesome, man. Yeah. Same, same for me. I, I grew up in church and we're Christians. Um, we, uh, consider ourselves Lutherans. We're part of the Missouri Synod Lutheran churches. There's, there's different Lutheran denominations and, and some can practice widely different things, but you know, we're for all intents and purposes, Bible believing Christians. Um, but, uh, you know, it's so interesting to hear different places where people come from in their faith background. And, um, I know it's played a huge role in your life. Has it, uh, how has your faith impacted your mindset on um, fitness, on business, on, on your relationship? Is, is there a key way where you see faith really playing a role in those things? Yeah, I really try to intertwine that. I know, especially with the bodybuilding, it, it kind of seems like it's not, so, you know, a lot of, especially, you, you know, I mean, you go look at the hashtag fitness on Instagram, it's like soft porn. <laughs> right. And so it is difficult being in that fitness space. And so, I, you know, I will have shirtless pics here and there, but it's more like a, Hey, let me show you my progress or, you know, like, Hey, I just did this bodybuilding show or something, but I try not to do it. I, I have in the past where I've posted a lot more shirtless pictures, but I try not to do it so much because I, I want to be that, that modest man and everything. And so that's, that's a big role both on my, you know, the, the business I try and run and, you know, just my fitness journey in general. Uh, but, you know, just trying to give everything back to God and, and realizing, you know, yes, I had to put in work here, but the work that I put here is to be able to help others. And so me being in shape, a big reason for that is, is for legacy to be able to play with my kids, be able to be there for others at church, to be able to, you know, they, they call on me to help move things. Yeah, Cause I got the big muscles, right? There you go, man. So, like I'm actually in shape and, and <laughs> I can help. And, and I feel like, you know, my body is, is a vessel. I want it to be the best you know, representation for God. It's, it's his temple. Right. Mm-hmm. And so that is why it, it plays a huge role for me. Well, what about for you? I totally agree, man. I, uh, I think that faith really is the, it's the driving force that, I, uh, I've talked a little bit about absolute truth and Mm -hmm. I think it's hard to navigate this world. If you don't have a guiding source of truth, your North star sort of guiding which way you go, because you know, every other day you hear some different piece of information from some source and it all conflicts and you hear about different diets and this day one works this day, another works. And if there's not that source of absolute truth, then we'll all just be like a boat in the wind, just blowing around. So, you know, for me, it's that clear perspective that really shapes my worldview on everything, on business, mm-hmm. on uh, church, on community, on, um, you know, fitness, all that stuff. Um, that's how I see it, man. And I, I saw one of your podcasts, you, you, it was titled, uh, trust in God, not yourself. Mm-hmm. And, um, that's something that I, I resonate with because, I think that uh, that phrase "believe in yourself" is used a lot, and uh, it always kind of pricks me a little bit because I, I I really put my faith in God, but I trust that God has called me to do certain things. He's put me in situations where He knows I won't, you know, fall. And you know, if you put your trust in Him and your motivations right, like for me, it's all about your motivation. Mm-hmm. And um, 
know, I think that's like with your bodybuilding, you know, what's your motivation for being a bodybuilder? Is it, Oh, Hey, look at me. You know, I look great with my shirt off, you know, come on ladies, check me out. Or is it, you know, I'm glorifying God. I'm doing the best for me, my family, my community. You know, I put value on this. This is part of my business, you know, what, whatever. So that, that's my perspective on it. Yeah. I love that. You know, the motivation behind it, that's so true. You know, we do have to make sure the motivation is, is the correct way. And yeah, like, you know, you mentioned my podcast there, the, you know, trust in God, not in yourself, you know, put the, put the trust on him. Like, yeah, we do the work, but if it weren't for God, we wouldn't be able to do that work. And we all have our own unique gifts. And so mm-hmm. use those gifts for his glory. For sure, man. So change of topics. What's your favorite movie and why are you a movie guy? Not really. I mean, I, I, I go back to like never back down. That's oh, okay. an old movie. Well, Classic. old for me, I guess. But, uh, you know, several years ago, I just, I just really liked that. It was really cool seeing the, the underdog fight his way back and, you know, go from, you know, really just trying to get revenge to realizing it's, it's more than that. And then, you know, he still ended up whooping the guy's butt at the end, you know, the evil guy. But, you know, just I, I like that movie just because the fights. And he made you like, oh, man, I got to go out there and crush yeah. something, you know, like start doing something like that. And, and, man, and so I, that's really been – my favorite movie, but not, not really too much of a movie guy. Sure. I'm, I'm just always curious by that question. Cause I feel like a lot of people, they buy their favorite movie or buy a movie they like, it kind of like reflects a little bit about their personality. I'm curious too. Mm-hmm. What do you listen to at the gym? So I go back and forth. It, it depends mostly podcasts. So yours is one of them. I listen to like, you know, Tony's as well, you know, our, our mentor, and there's you know, like Andy Frazella, Ed Milet. So I've got a few there on the list that I, that I listen to. But if I'm just really needing some energy, I'll go and listen to some Pandora. I'll listen to, uh, you know, just some rock. So probably not like the most like Christian music, but it's just sure. something like, you know, just kind of get me psyched up and everything. Some metal or something like that. Mm-hmm. But cool. here lately, I've been trying to be more interactive with people at the gym. And just so that way, you know, they don't see me as somebody intimidating. I just come in there and get my workout done. Like if I'm just this buff, you know, dude that doesn't talk to anybody. So I wanted to like, right. try to be more interactive to be able to help, help people to have that opportunity to help people as well. So kind of back and forth on that. <laughs> yeah. Very cool. Very cool. I've, I'm, I'm a big podcast guy for sure. And, uh, you know, it's so, so many cool options to be able to continually develop, these days mm-hmm. and, and lean on some of these great mentors and, and coaches and, you know, peak performance people. Do you have any like fitness idols that you've idolized for a long time where you're like, man, like that's, he's one of my, my fitness heroes. You know, that's, that's one thing I really, I really don't. I mean, there's, there's guys I've seen that have like, man, it'd be cool to look like that. But sure. you know, a lot of the ones that I'm like, Oh, it'd be cool to look like that. I, I realized that, I'm not going to get there because they are enhanced, you know, again, the steroids kind of thing, you know, sometimes we'll call it enhanced instead. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, I just, I'll see things and then I'll just try and do my own journey. So if I look at myself and try and just make myself the best version I can be. And so that kind of comes with a double edged sword because, you know, having done a bodybuilding show, I got super lean, I was super shredded, super vascular. And then now I'm not, there and so it's hard to yeah i compare myself to that i'm like oh i've been better and so it's like this constant internal battle but so not that i idolize myself but always try and just improve myself always you know improving myself that's great i just recorded another episode with a good friend of mine sergio fernandez he's a a entrepreneur and uh he says to win your life you got to win your life and i think you know we get stuck looking at some of these people we Mm -hmm. idolize and and uh, I like your mentality, man. You you do what you need to do. You're focused on doing what's right for Philip Sessions. And I, I think mm-hmm. that's what we should be doing, what's right for us. So it's been great having you on the show, Philip, man. If you had, I think about the, one of the reasons I started this podcast, by the way, your podcast is great. You've been podcasting since 2018, December? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> what have you learned podcasting? What, like what, what's that journey been like for you? 
So it's been, it's been up and down. You know, I've been you know, back and forth on some things, but really just trying to have a, again, consistent, right? To have a consistent release on podcasts and consistent message because people are going to more resonate whenever you have that consistent message instead of being all over the place. And I think that's part of the reason why I haven't had that growth. You know, I'm not, obviously I'm not super famous person, but also because my message hasn't been totally consistent. You know, I, I have a lot of things going on in my head and I love talking about more than just fitness, love talking about mindset and everything, but it's, it's helped me overall become a better speaker. And that's kind of the next goal for me is become a, a public speaker, you know, speak on stages, speak on zoom stages. Now, you know, virtual stages and yeah. everything. So it gets to that point. So it really helps with that. It helps just get a message out there. You know, you're helping people, you know, for free, just an easy yeah. way to do it. People can figure it out on their own time. Super good excuse to have cool conversations with cool people too. So. Yeah, exactly. And, sure. and looking forward to having you on soon. On no, mine. Man. That'd be awesome. So one of the reasons I did this is because Gary V's mindset resonated with me. Like, Hey, my grandkids, my great grandkids, you know, multiple generations might be able to see this someday. And I thought, man, how cool would it be if I could like go back and watch my great grandpa doing podcasts or like mm -hmm. being interviewed. So if you could, if you knew, you know, multiple generations down the road may see Philip sessions today on the podcast, what's one piece of advice you'd want to leave with those future generations? I think I'll go back to the, what the gym, just, just get started. Do, do what you want to do. Your life is, it's short, but it's long, you know, try something new. It's not, it's not going to hurt you in the long run. Yeah. You might lose some money. You might not have the money you need, you know, obviously be smart with it, but just go for it. You know, people, even when you fail, people are going to admire the fact that you tried something because they're too afraid to try. And Hey, if you succeed, now you're doing something you really wanted to do. Or even if you, you fail or succeed and you just don't like it. Now you found out that you didn't like it and you can move on to the next thing instead of always having that. Well, I wonder if, you know, what if I would have done that? Mm -hmm. you know, what would my life have been like? And that's something, I guess something else, what old people tell you, listen to that. I, I've listened to that and I feel like it's really benefited me. A lot of older people said, you know, I really regret not trying this. I really regret, regret not doing that. And so I focused on doing those things instead of regretting them later on. So just sure. get started and go after it. Try something new. That's great advice, man. Awesome advice. So where can we find you, Phil? Best place probably to find me on Instagram or Facebook uh, at Philip Sessions is, you know, really going to be the best thing. One L and then sessions like class sessions. So P-H-I-L-I-P-S-E-S-S-I-O-N-S. Awesome, man. Appreciate you being on the show. It's been awesome. You got some great insights to share. Go check out the Healthy Living Sessions podcast. Guys rocking it. Philip, thanks for coming on the show, brother. Appreciate you. Yeah, Philip, thanks for having me. Yes, sir. If you enjoyed today's show, give it a five-star rating. Follow, subscribe, and head on over to GoLeadEverything.com to learn more about the Go Lead Everything movement. For more great content daily, follow me on Instagram, Twitter, and TikTok at RealPhilSwanson, Facebook and LinkedIn at PhilipSwanson, and for videos of these episodes and other great video content daily, subscribe to the Phil Swanson channel on YouTube. Now go lead everything.